Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. And now we're talking about no buzzards allowed. And, and um, Genesis 15, we're going to start with verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. First of all, that's a great thing for God to say to you. Don't fear. I'm a shield to you and then promising you a reward. And I thought that was just awesome that he says, I'm your shield. That means, hmm, don't worry about things coming against you because I'm here to protect you and take care of you. And there's a reward that's coming as well. Verse 2, Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Because that was his servant who was living in his house. And Abram said, Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look towards the heavens and count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. He said, O Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two, and laid them half opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds. I want to stop right here. What God is doing, God has been making promises to Abram, and he is setting him up with ratifying the covenant that they have. And the way that covenant word works, the word covenant means where the blood flows. And there's always this blood that's shed when you enter into covenant. A covenant is a solemn agreement. It binds people together. There are certain promises that are made. There are certain obligations that are there. And so God says, I am going to cut covenant with you. And remember, this is on the tail of saying, I'm going to reward you and be your shield. On the tail end of that, he says, I'm going to cut covenant with you. I'm going to demonstrate to you that you are going to have an heir. It's going to come from your own body. And so Abram has received the instructions from the Lord. And God has promised. So what Abram does is he cooperates. He goes out and he gets the animals that God has told him to do. And what they did was they lined them up and they cut them in half. So all the, you know, the heifer, the ram, everything has been cut in half. Half of it laid in a row over here and half of it laid on a row on the other side. You know, there's a lot of blood flowing when you start cutting these big animals. We're talking buckets of blood are flowing. And so he's got half of the carcasses laid here, half is on the other side. And this is the, this is the picture of where things are right now. The, the animals were cut because when they cut covenant, there was the speaking of the covenant. These are going to be the blessings of the covenant, and these are going to be the penalty or consequences if the covenant is broken. And so those are what is said as the covenant parties walk in between the pieces. The cut animals with all the blood signify this is happening to you if you break covenant. That's the significance of it. So God says, I'm going to cut covenant with you. And so Abraham goes and gets everything prepared. The animals are dead. 
There's lots of blood flowing there everywhere. And then look at verse 11. The birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, and Abram drove them away. Now he's sitting there waiting on God. God's told him to bring the carcass and bring the animals, so he's, he's done his part. Now he's waiting on God to do something. In the meantime, while he's waiting, here comes a buzzard trying to yank the food. How many of y'all ever watched Food Network? Did y'all ever see that show with Rachel Ray? And they were filming this thing, and she was outside at the beach with the seagulls, and she had some food, and the seagulls came and grabbed her food <laughs> that she was supposed to be talking about. And she's, ah, and she hollered and jumped up and run away on camera. It was really funny. But, but the thing is, I don't know if you've had an experience with seagulls or maybe even larger birds wanting what you have. But, you know, these were birds of prey. These are like buzzards, vultures, you know, dangerous animals. And here they come. They're going to come after, well, hey, it looked like a banquet to them. Here's the food. Lay it all out there. But no, here, comes, here come the birds, and they're trying to grab it and take what, what he has laid out there. What does Abraham do? Does he get scared and run away? No. He's driving them away. Get off of there. Get, leave that alone. Maybe you picked up a rock and threw something at them, swung a, swung a, but you know, birds, like in that kind of a setting, those birds are aggressive, and they're trying to grab hold of that animal carcass, pick up a piece, tear a piece, and fly away with it and go eat it somewhere. So he is having to really be diligent to drive them away to keep them from consuming the sacrifice. Now let's look. Verse 12, Now when the sun was going down... A deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed four hundred years. But I will also judge the nation whom they serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you will go to your fathers in peace, and you will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. It came about that when the sun had set, that it was very dark. And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and flaming torch, which passed between these pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I've given this land, etc. When the sun was dark, the sun was down, it was a time that the Lord appeared you know what we read in the in the scriptures about he led them with the fire by night and the, the pillar of the cloud by day you have the same type of symbolism here you've got the smoking oven and you've got a flaming torch and God himself is walking between the pieces they would make a figure eight as they walk between the pieces and when they when they would cut the covenant they would speak these are the blessings of the covenant this is what I'm going to do and this is what's going to happen if I have to break it or if we break it because the Bible says that God could swear by nobody greater than himself, so he swore by himself that he would keep his covenant. What this means is he invoked a curse upon himself if he broke that covenant with Abram. If God broke the covenant with Abram, he would have had to have self-destruct. Of course, the rest of us wouldn't know about it because we'd all be history too, right? About that fast, you know. But God himself 
determined that he was going to keep covenant. So he walked in that bloody place back and forth with Abram saying, I'm going to keep the promises that I've made to you. Folks, we understand God keeps his word. He is not a man that he should lie. He keeps his promises. And he has sworn by himself that he will keep every promise that he has made to us. Folks, there are sometimes there's something that you and I have got to do. We've got to do something about the birds of prey coming in and trying to steal the sacrifice. Trying to stop the process before God has had time to complete it. What would have happened if the birds had dragged off half a, half a ram? You know, that would have slowed down the process. And they had to go get another one. They had to do something because you had to have a half a ram here and a half a ram there. Folks, sometimes we get so concerned with what is taking so long. When is God going to come through and bring forth the answer, the things that have been promised, and not understood that sometimes you and I have a part to play is to keep the buzzards off. It's to keep the buzzards off. You know, what about, let's look at the scripture here. Don't you notice here that it was Abram was the one who drove them away. You know, why didn't God drive them away? Abram didn't even pray for God to send an angel to drive them away. <laughs> like some people, right? No, what did he do? Abram took on personal responsibility to uphold his end of the bargain. Personal responsibility. God had told him to do these instructions, to give him these instructions. He was obedient. And so after he was obedient, it was his turn to sit and wait for God to come through on what he had promised. <coughs> the story in Mark chapter 4. Jesus told the parable about the sower sows the word. And if you remember the story, it says that when the sower sowed the word, it said some of the seed fell down upon the pathway, right? And what happened to that seed? The birds of the air came around to gobble it up. Jesus, in explaining this parable, says that this is Satan that comes to steal the word of God that's been sown in a person's heart. I'm here to tell you, any time that God's about to do something tremendous, the devil is always looking for a way to steal the word of God to steal your faith so it doesn't happen. See, there's that period of process, that time where we're having to wait in between the hearing of the Word of God and when it's fulfilled. There is a place right there that you and I have a responsibility to drive the buzzards away and not to allow them to get in to steal the Word. Because, see, God's not a man that He can lie. And we have, the Bible says, an even better covenant than that which Abram had. The Bible says that he is a mediator of a better covenant that is built upon better promises. All right? But just as our covenant that we have with the Lord Jesus has been ratified through his blood, do you know that promises of God are yes and amen? The promises God has made to us, they are valid, every last one of them. There are things God has declared in his word that you and I, we need to chase the buzzers away. There are some things where the devil has come through emotions, through circumstances, through whatever, and tried to get you and me to back off of what God's word has declared. Folks, it's not God not keeping his promise. But you can't allow the devil to come in and to steal the word that has been sown into your heart. Driving away. Now think about that. Do you think that, I mean, what if you were in Abram's position and you had these big old buzzards come trying to take and steal the sacrifice, 
how do you think you would have to try, you know, get them away? You're going to go, shoo. <laughs> do you think that'll work? Shoo. Would you not do that, please? Would you leave the ram alone? <laughs> but do, do you, I mean, you think about it. Do you think, I mean, if you think about this, what's going to work? You're dealing with an aggressive bird that you're going to have to yell, make some noise, throw some things at, get radical. And all of you nice, quiet, introverted people, you're going to have to make some noise. You know, that's what works. You know, I was reading, um, I was reading some about, you know, David was such a tremendous shepherd. He was such a tremendous warrior. And, and he had, the Bible says, that David said that he had fought with a lion. He had fought with a bear. So what's Goliath, right? But do you know that in fighting with a lion, that means he had to go after it? They would, the good shepherd will go after a lion. And the Bible even talks about to take the, the ear or the leg out of the lion's mouth. You got to be close to do that, y'all. <laughs> you have to be close. But there has there rose up on the inside of a good shepherd, on the inside of David, a warrior spirit that says, "You're not taking what's mine, and we're not going to tolerate the spoiling of our goods. We're not going to take it anymore." There's got to be a radical thing rise up on the inside of you that says, "You're not taking what belongs to me." And this is the place that we're seeing, even with the, with the parable of the sower. Satan comes to, to steal the very word of God that will bring your deliverance, the very promise of God that will bring your breakthrough. So he tries to get you to back off and let go of it. If not through, if not through just, it's taken too long, and God, where are you? Get into a place of despair, then, they, then to get, take it through getting offended and get your feelings hurt, you know? Trying to get it to where you will let go of the promise that has been made. Demon spirits will come and try to get you to let go of your faith. We're not talking literal buzzards. We're talking demon buzzards, right? That try to come and try to steal. Do you understand that all the thoughts that you have in your little head are not yours? The Bible says that Satan is the one that put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray the Lord Jesus, right? Just because it sounds like your voice, it seems it's got your emotions tied to it, that doesn't mean that's your voice. We need to understand there are thoughts that are being placed in your head that if you hold on to them, they will cause you to lose out on what God has prepared for you. So that's why the Bible teaches us in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, to take every thought captive and bring it into obedience. Separate that thought from yourself. Because the truth is, your spirit agrees 100% with the Word of God. Your spirit agrees with the Spirit of God. There is no, your spirit just loves, this has faith, believes all that, absolutely. Your, your spirit believes in miracles, healings, deliverance, prosperity, all of it. It's your emotions and your soul that get influenced by other forces and try to come in and try to get you to let go. So, folks, I want you to begin to picture that every time that you have these little thoughts of doubt about maybe it's not going to work, maybe it's not going to happen, I want you to picture a buzzard trying to eat your sacrifice. A buzzard. A buzzard, y'all. Y'all know buzzards about the ugliest thing God ever made, right? <laughs> Coming in 
and trying to take what actually belongs to you and what belongs to the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, it says, Be of sober spirit and be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, pours, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in your faith. See, the devil's looking for somebody to have for lunch. Looking for somebody that he can steal from. Someone he can make their life miserable today. Somebody to quit believing God. Somebody to get, you know, in a negative position and take some steps back. But he's seeking for somebody to devour. It doesn't mean that he can devour everybody. You know, even in the natural world, a lion is looking at that that group of antelope up there, out there on the plains, you know, you've got your antelope, and the lion's looking for one, which one's for lunch today? Which one's for lunch? You know, he doesn't just run into the whole middle of the herd and just, you know, go charging, trying to find somebody. What's he doing? He's looking for the one that's a little bit separated, the one that's a little bit slower or weaker or younger the one that just didn't get to church often enough, the one that just didn't read their Bible often enough, the one that got a little weak in their faith, that got a little bit beat down in their emotions, that's who he's looking for. He's not going after the big, strong, you know, powerful herd. He's looking for a straggler. He's looking for somebody that he can devour. You ever watch those shows on TV? Sometimes you feel sorry for the poor lion. You know, he tries so hard. And sometimes they'll chase, you know, two or three or four and then finally just give up. Just forget it. Have to wait and eat another day, you know. But, but a lion is looking for someone that he can devour. You need to make up your mind that it's not you. Make up your mind, not here. Not stealing from me. Go find somebody else that's not going to give you a hard time. From somebody else, it's easier. You need to make the devil miserable. You do that by being difficult to control. You do that by walking in love and walking in the spirit, by walking in faith. Do you know what? The devil is looking for somebody easy. If you are walking strong in faith, you're walking in the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what the word of God says. You're in agreement with God's word. Guess what? He's got to find somebody else who's not trying that hard. You wonder why sometimes things seem to happen to certain people over and over again? Because they can. Because they can. Now granted, sometimes there are curses or things that are involved in a person's life. Sometimes you just go through seasons of battles. But I'm here to tell you, you need to come out winning. You need to come out and grab the, the ear, the, the leg, whatever you get, Maybe part of it was gone, but you're not giving it all up. You're taking back something, you know. Taking back something and refuse to be a victim any longer. You know, in our society, it just seems like there's just victims, victims, victims everywhere you turn. Folks, you, nobody, you don't need to be a victim. When it comes to spiritual things, determine that you're going to rise up and overcome. You know, God has given us sound covenant promises and he is going to come through. We're just going to drive the buzzards off, all right? Drive them off. Refuse to entertain demons. Boy, some people, they go have a little pity party. 
It's so hard. I feel so sad. It doesn't work out for me. Everybody's life is better than mine. And they sit there in a little pity party. Demons love pity parties. Demons love to, they'll sit there, oh yeah. And, and your mama don't like you either. <laughs> you know. I mean, they'll, you know, come on. It's to see what you'll take, you know. If you will ever pull back, do that sometimes, it is ridiculous. You know, if you took out all the emotional drama and you really began to look at what the actual words that you were hearing in your head, it's ridiculous, folks. Some of these things, it's just absurd. You know, how could you believe that? But you see, demons will love to come if you entertain them. If you are entertaining by giving in to criticism and negativity and all that kind of stuff and believing everything except what the Word of God says, they just really like that. And so they're going to come and they're going to bring all their friends with them as well. And so then you'll have depression come too. Then you'll have torment come too. Probably get some sickness as well. And they just come in and bring in all the, hey, we got, we got a good feast over here. Come on in. Because somebody didn't drive away those buzzards. The Bible says in Romans 10, 10 and 11, For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. With the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Whoever believes in him. God's promise to not disappoint you folks. I know that some of us, we have been through a lot of delays. We've had some, you know, unpleasant surprises. I was talking to some, I've been talking to lots of people here several weeks in, in different churches and states, and everybody I know is going through something. Everybody I know has got some kind of challenge going in their life right now. And you know what? We could all sit around and feel sorry for each other, and isn't life hard? But why don't we decide to make the devil's life hard? Why don't we decide to rise up in faith, to believe God for one another, exhort and encourage one another, that, and so that no one is disappointed? God is going to come through. He always has. Look at the track record that we've got. We give testimonies here every week about what God has done, what God has done, what He is continuing to do. And I'm continuing to believe that next week we're going to have even greater testimonies. And next week, greater ones than that. As we see God coming through left and right. So folks, no buzzards allowed. Drive them away. If the lion roars at you, roar back. You know, when a lion captures his prey, he roars, right? It's kind of this, you know, I'm the king of the jungle thing that they do. What would happen if you roared back? What would happen if you said, I don't think so? You're not devouring me. You're not devouring my family. You're not devouring my friends. I don't think so. And drive out your adversary. Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7. It says, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Why does God give you a spirit of power? Because you need it. Because you are facing spiritual adversaries. You're, you're facing challenges in your life. 
And rather than shrink back, rather than get afraid, rather than feel sorry for yourself and get in the dumps, it's time to rise up and push through. It's time to rise up and push through. And I know y'all are tired of hearing me tell you this. Just one more a week, we get another one of those sermons. There's a reason why, folks. Because I'm exhorting you to not give up, to pick up and press through and go on and make sure the devil is under your feet and make sure you win. Because God's already given his word. He's already given his promise. It's time to stretch out and believe him. Amen. All right. So, when the buzzards are coming around, trying to steal your word, trying to steal your faith, you drive them away. How are you going to drive them away in spiritual, you know, spiritual analogies? But how are you going to drive away your buzzards? First of all, is that you pray for the accomplishment of God's will in your life. You pray for those things to manifest. And you pray for them in strong faith. None of this wimpy, if it be your will, God, maybe if you're not too tired stuff. But it shall be as Almighty has spoken and declared. In boldness to go ahead and decree a thing. It's going to be exactly like you said. God, that was your idea. I got that prophetic word in the first place. Wasn't my idea. That was God's idea. God told me stuff. I was like, are you kidding me? And so then it's like, the devil says, that will never happen. I says, you know what? That wasn't my business. That was God's idea to speak that sort of word over my life. So therefore, I'm just going to, to believe that what God has spoken is true. So we're going to pray for the accomplishment of everything that God has promised to us, whether it's in the scripture or in your prophetic word or the voice of the Holy Spirit to you. Those things we are not letting go. We are holding on, and we're going to remind one another of the words that we've had as well. Y'all remember? Ten millionaires in the house. Remember? I'm one. Okay? Ten's a starting place. It's a starting place, guys. How many prophetic words do you have to have about me to me in there? I mean, we've got prophetic words. We've got things over people in this house. It's like, folks, drive the buzzards away. Drive them away because you're in that waiting place between when the word was spoken and when it manifests. And here we are to keep strong faith, to persevere. All right? Pray for the accomplishment and call it forth in strong faith. To call it forth. It'll be as Almighty has spoken in Jesus' name. You know, things work out for me. How about you? They work out for me all the time. What the enemy means for destruction, God always turns it for my good. Always. Every time. There's not a thing in my life that God does not turn for good. See, this is strong faith. This is declaration, all right? The second thing we're going to do is bind and rebuke every opposing and hindering spirit. That is, when, the, when you recognize that Satan is coming to try to steal the word of the sown, tell him to go. Take your thought and go from me in Jesus' name. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I bind your power. I command you to be silent and go from me now in Jesus' name. Do you understand that demons must obey the command given by a child of God in Jesus' name? When you know who you are, they do obey you every time. So rather than sit there and listen to that mess, why don't we get rid of it? Out of my house. We don't tolerate that kind of unbelief in my house. We don't tolerate that kind of junk in my house. 
Tell it to go. Sickness can't come in here. Not in this house. Get aggressive with it, folks. Get aggressive with it and determine you're not going to have anything less than what Almighty God has promised you. The third, the third part of driving them away is making sure that your words agree with what God has said. Making sure that what comes out of your mouth is not contrary to the scripture. It's not contrary to the prophetic word. So many people, this is where they do themselves in. This is where they do it. Folks, we're going to hold fast to what God's word has said. Very short message tonight. I wonder why it's going to be so short. Then I realize we had so much ministry going on. I want us to pray. First of all, I want us to repent for allowing any buzzards to hang around. And then let's get rid of them. All right, Father, in Jesus' name. First of all, Lord God, we just repent for not being diligent to chase away the buzzards for not being diligent, for tolerating and entertaining those thoughts instead of taking them captive as your word declares that we should do. Father, we declare that you are not a man that you should lie, that what you have spoken, you will bring it to completion and fulfillment. And Father, we're doing our part to stand fast in covenant with Almighty. We're standing here covered and coated by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're standing in that place of covenant. And Lord God, you've made promises to us based upon the blood of Jesus. And Father, we say, yes, it will be in our lives, even as you have spoken, even as you have declared in Jesus' name. And we take authority over every opposing spirit, over every spirit of doubt and unbelief and confusion that's been trying to come against us, that's tried to say that God's not going not gonna to come through. It's not going to happen. In Jesus' name, we take authority and we break the power of those things. I cancel those assignments against us now in Jesus' name. I command those spirits to go from us now in Jesus' name. We declare we will have the harvest of the Word of God in our lives. It will be, Lord God, as you have spoken and declared in Jesus' name. Father, we want to thank you that our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. We rise up in strong faith. God, we call in the manifestation of every promise you've made. God, we call in the manifestation of health, the manifestation, Lord, of direction and wisdom, the manifestation, God, of problems being solved, the manifestation of prosperity, the manifestation, Lord God, of relationships being healed. God, we call in those things you promised. We call the ministries to the forefront, the businesses to the forefront. We call in those witty, uh, creative, inventive ideas that you've spoken, you declare. God, we say it will be according to Almighty's word. It will be as you have spoken and you have declared. Father God, we say yes and amen to your promises. Yes and amen. Your word is true in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. And Father, I speak to the spirits of the people in this room and I say rise up in Jesus' name. Rise up in faith and rise up in strength and in love. And hold on to your inheritance. And hold on to the promises of God. And I tell you to cast not away your confidence in Jesus' name. But through faith and patience, you will inherit your promise. Because God cannot lie. He who believes in Him will not be disappointed. And I challenge you in the name of Jesus. I challenge you to rise up and be a man. To be a woman. To be a child of God, like someone who knows God's alive and involved in your lives. I challenge you to rise up and to put away murmuring and complaining and whining and feeling sorry for yourself. I challenge you to rise up as warriors. 
as troopers, as overcomers that Almighty God has declared that you are. I call you blessed in the city and blessed in the country. I call you blessed coming in and going out. I call you healers and miracle workers. I call you deliverers and those who have the word of the Lord and the wisdom of God in their mouth. And I declare that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You shall tear it down. I declare that God gives you witty inventions, that he gives you uncanny strategies, that the devil's not able to put anything over on you because you have the wisdom of Almighty God. You had the mind of Christ. And I declare that God is before you. He is for you, not against you. You are the head only and not the tail. And God will fulfill every promise He has made to you in your lifetime and in your children's lifetime. And you are entering into a new season of restoration, a new season of peace, a new season of kingdom advance. For it is for His kingdom we live and for His kingdom we die. And it is for His kingdom that His word must be established in the earth. And I prophesy and decree to you. This is the year. Make it, this is my year. This is my year for seeing the glory of God. This is my year for seeing the things of God begin to unfold and come to pass. This year. This year. No longer putting it off. No longer delay. The Lord Almighty, God, you're going to cause our enemies that come against us one way to be scattered from us in seven ways in Jesus' name. God, you, are, you have given your angels charge over us. Goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. Hallelujah. I declare that your children are blessed. Your work is blessed. Your productivity is blessed. Your investments are blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed is your home life. Blessed is your family life. I speak harmony and peace over families in Jesus' name and over friendships and relationships in Jesus' name. I declare that the Lord, you command the blessings upon us in, in, our, in our bank accounts, in our holdings. God, you give us blessings on the job with our clients, with our bosses. God, you give us favor, supernatural, divine favor. You bless everything we put our hands to. I declare the Lord makes you to abound in prosperity. I declare that God will open his good storehouse to you. The windows of heaven open up to you, pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot receive it. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you only above and not beneath. I call you blessed with divine health, with divine favor, with peace and the presence of the Lord. I call you wise and holy. I call you strong in the Lord, the power of his mind. I call you creative and successful and anointed and peacemakers and healers and miracles and powerful. I call you more than a conqueror through him who loves you. I call you abounded in love and grace. The angel of the Lord encamps round about you and delivers you from evil and from foolishness. No evil befall you, no terrorists, no drunk drivers, no drug drivers, no uh, rapists, no murderers, no weapon formed against you shall prosper in Jesus' name. No plague, no sickness, no calamity shall come near your dwelling, for the Lord is your habitation, your strength, and your shield. Let's just praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15858, Chesapeake, Virginia 23328. Thank you.